Hello friends and folks and welcome back to Scanline Media's 2022 Gimmick Awards where we, you know, take a moment and celebrate some of the works that have been impressing us over the course of 2022. I'm Six Detmar. I'm Jennifer Uncle. I'm Kyrie Page and we like fighting games and also action games and man, it's just fun to play a character sometimes. It really is. Yeah, we are we are action gamers around here, and it's because of this that we have had the, you know, constantly developing name for this, but we've probably actually settled on, for the time being, Best Move List. Yes. A category for celebrating how characters play and move in a gameplay context. Because it was fighting game characters only, but then we played uh, <laughs> Age of Calamity and was like, man, Young Impa rocks. <laughs> Young Impa is so good. So fun. Um, it's almost like in her honor, we added something that doesn't deserve to be here. But Whoa. we're looking for one winner and probably two runners up with a potential to flex for more. If there's going to be a category where it happens, this seems decently likely because it's such a damn long list. Jen, I apologize for making you do this, but can you read our list for us? Sure thing. From Gundam Evolution, we have Pale Rider, Sasabi, Unicorn, and Dozel Zaku. From King of Fighters 15, we have Omega Rugal and Athena. From Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes, we have Shez. From Melty Blood Type Lumina, we have Nekowark. Edmund Dante's The Count of Monte Cristo. From Dragon Ball Fighters, we have Labcoat 21. From Guilty Gear Strive, we have Biken, Testament, Bridget. Sin Kisuke. From Splatoon 3, we have Splatana and Tri Stringer. From DNF Duel, we have Striker, Inquisitor, Hitman. And from Gundam Battle Operations 2, we have the Shoesrum Gallus and the three RX Zeros. There we are. There we are. What? Um, let the bloodshed begin. <laughs> sure. I I think. Listen, I'll just I'll just accept this. We're just gonna go. Let's just run through the DNF dual characters real quick. I don't think any of them are particularly top three. Uh, one of them might be. Um, I I, I, I appreciate I, you putting on Hitman for me. Yes. No way. Yeah. No way. Hitman's cool. The it's mostly like cool design. I really like that. His whole thing is about building up potential damage and then just, like, cashing it all out. Like, that's cool. Um, yeah, I just, his move list is not very versatile. Right. Which is a problem for a lot of DNF dual characters, yep. honestly. Same with, like, Inquisitor. Inquisitor is, like, I like that she summons the big fire wheel. And she was the first character I kind of latched onto, truthfully. Um, messed around with her. I think it was fun to... She's the one I would argue for. Mm-hmm here because i mean she has the big like lockdown wheel she has the holy water ground aoe she has like just her um confirm into like the, the projectile throw with a flurry of slashes that slams you to the ground i think her move list is really cool her move list is cool it looks really fun and honestly i might support that um but shout outs to my girl striker who i realized was in fact the prettiest girl at prom when i played uh inquisitor for a bit and then i predictably went with the martial arts girl um that has yeah. fucking i'm sorry dive kick loops it is so stupid i love her that during a like particular combo you can jump like you know during like certain moves you can jump cancel go straight into a dive kick do a low, jump again, and do another fucking dive kick. Like, part of her BNB is just doing dive kick loops. It is so funny. Um, and Yeah, unfortunately, my my biggest uh, objection to Striker is the things that make people like her. Things like, oh, you can just constantly do high-low mix-up block strings for 10 straight seconds, and the opponent has no recourse. And I'm just like, that's bad design in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, like I, I watched um uh Arc Revo Japan and a striker main won the um won the tournament, which again, I like her because she has like a really fun design, but she is so clearly the most overpowered character in that game. Um mm -hmm. in some ways. Um I do like 
you know, that she, they added, like, certain ground bounces and stuff. But Inquisitor, to me, feels like an ideal DNF dual character. And honestly, I, I we might want to just go through this list and find, like, the strongest of each case. Um, Inquisitor, I think, feels like the strongest because she just has, like, is a wacky move set that actually opens up some really fun possibilities. Um, uh, shout-outs to a mutual of mine, Ryer, who, like, got to, like, a platinum tier, like, in that game with uh, Inquisitor. Like, oh. I have seen I've seen the way Inquisitor moves, and it's like, oh, she's she's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, um, go ahead. I'm not going to have much to contribute to this particular list just because I'm not as avid of a fighting game player as you two. But uh, I do think based on what I know about this character, Neko Orc would be a, cut, a safe cut. Just because like her moves are very funny and like it's a blast to see someone use them like in a fight. But it seems like ultimately she's the character someone chooses as a joke and gets nowhere with because it's a bunch of really shitty mechanics but but she is like in some roundabout way some like if we're talking about viability in like a tournament sense yes like Nekowark probably doesn't get very far but Nekowark kind of answers this long-standing question i've had of like how do you do a joke can't joke character in the modern era because it used to be when you make a joke character you know, you just have to make them intentionally shitty in certain ways, which is funny for a little while. Like Dan Hibiki in like um, Capcom versus SNK one is like it's funny, but at a certain point, it's like the joke kind of wears thin. I think with Nekowark is like one, they make her also balanced in a certain way, so that like you know you don't have to do crouching attacks to like constantly hit her. They extended her hitbox to be like twice her height um so that you know she can actually be hit like for once nekowark is a type of character that is not only kind of fun to play but actually decent to fight against like i i think i don't know like i think nekowark works as a like joke character in the modern age which we don't really have joke characters anymore mm-hmm. um I mean, it helps that, like, Type Lumina, like, the team at Type Lumina for French Bread have been releasing these characters for free because, like, I don't think there's a world in which you can make me pay $3 for Nekoark, but Nekoark showing up and also having ramifications in the bizarre narrative they have that uh, Nekoark is so addicted to Fate Grand Order that she accidentally summons, like, three characters from Fate Grand Order into Melty Blood is very funny uh, to me. Um, I think I want to applaud them for their execution, but I do think it doesn't make top three. No, like ultimately not. But I think they nailed it in terms of like making this joke concept work, because in the era of paid DLC, you know, paid characters and season passes and stuff, it's a much harder sell to make a character that is intentionally a gag and but Nekowark, like, they found a way to weave that thread with Nekowark. Mm-hmm. Edmund Dantes, though. Hold on. <laughs> this guy rocks. Um, he He's just, like, extremely fun to play. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, how to articulate this. But he's a bit of a slower character in terms of his walk speed but his dash is like really fast which is like kind of a common thing in type lumina but it's just like such a bizarre pick also he's drawn by like the fucking danganronpa artist <laughs> so it's like and it shows even in type lumina's like art style but um i mean obviously his actual sprites aren't but yeah, yeah. but like his his cut in art is very mm-hmm. reminiscent but the thing that's fun about him is that he like he has a lot of like really just fun tools to use and just like the voice acting is really great in terms of like how over the top it is. You know, he 
just he just feels great like i love that you can do a block string with him and he has a command grab that is specifically for people who block too much <laughs> like it's it's really fun to have a character that is like overwhelmingly powerful still beatable obviously like i don't think he's broken but like i think he's just he's fun to like i said with neko are kind of like fun to fight as and fun to fight against because of his options um but he has just enough like little weaknesses so that you can like fight against it and i think he is overall a really fun inclusion into that game He's the first genuinely good character they put in that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's a contender for sure. Yeah. Shout out to Twitter user Dragon. Like we played some sets at Magfest and uh, I used um I used Monte Cristo a lot in our sets and it was we we had a blast. It was very fun to set up a portable monitor in the most poverty place possible in that convention center <laughs> and play some Melty Blood. Like God intended. <laughs> so, I am here to cut a lot of things from Gundam Evolution because I think at their best, Gundam Evolution designs are French vanilla. Yes. Um, Pale Rider is Soldier seventy six. Yep, I just like him. Like, yeah, it's fun, but he is just basically that. It is cool that he has like a um. Let, let's go through Gundam Evolution real quick. Uh, Pale Rider can sure. be cut again. That's just like a cool mobile suit design. Um, but he does have some like fun utilities, like dropping the um heel beacon. Basically, like I think mm-hmm. he has like as a character who is meant to take point in in like in a conflict. Like he's great, or I don't know. Robots don't necessarily have gender, but you know what I mean. Sure. Um. Sazabi is also an easy one. Um, what if you had a shield? <laughs> he's got a shield and a shotgun. I think he's like like Sazabi. Like I, I will say, Pale Rider and Sazabi just as mobile suits, I think are very cool. Pale Rider is like kind of edge lord trying to be cool. It managed to succeed though. Sazabi uh, is just one of the all time like mobile suit designs. Just a real fucking classic guy. Um, its role here is being the only good tank in the game. Yeah, I will say um, doing animation work from a first-person perspective is really hard from a like as a design thing. Um, but you do feel really big when you're playing as the Sazabi. Like the way in yeah. which they make you know the you know the way the guns sway, the sound effects, everything. I think Sazabi is more of a you know. It's very easy in these types of games that you play like a big tanky character and it doesn't feel that way. They they are able to nail the feel there. Hey Jen. Yeah. What if Lucio had a Gatling gun? That's a unicorn. That's the unicorn. <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty fun to me. It's all right. It's all right. It's okay. It's there. It's there. Try at making like an actual like of the characters that you could say are support. Like unicorn is probably the closest, <coughs> mm-hmm. but ultimately doesn't quite make the grade. Dozozaku, mm. uh, Dozozaku. That's the serious contender. Here, that's the that's a opinion. that is a lad. That is a fucking. That's a mobile suit. <laughs> so Dozozaku is of course the um, I mean pull pull up the dozel zaku because this is of course a, a real you know like all of these this is a real design right um this is based on the personal machine of dozel zabi mm-hmm. um in the in is... the game they call it zaku zaku 2 melee but let's be mm-hmm. real it's the dozel zaku it's the dozel zaku so um in this incarnation, they've taken away its ranged weapons, which it basically didn't really use anyway, um, and just given its huge two-handed axe. And the fun thing about this is it's like this brawler melee like tank hybrid, mm. where it's like it um, it slashes its axe and it shoots little shockwaves that go a short distance. Um, it can like hold up its arm to just sort of like take reduced damage and just slowly walk forward and then do a shoulder check which is cool as hell it's very cool it's real thing is it 
the the like the 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 stance. This is the stance. You hit a button and it just plants its axe on the ground and plants its hands on top of it and just stands there. And any damage you would do to it, like if you shoot it, it doesn't take damage. It builds like rage meter, and then it goes into a berserk mode. It's a really cool design. It is the most like involved design in the game, and that's a good thing because the designs are way too simple in this game. Oh yeah, like Dozozaku actually has like something resembling a cohesive game plan while also being like really unique and also playing to the strengths of how that mobile suit is designed and also like its role in like even in a weird way like the story like really capturing the feeling of this big intimidating zaku Mm -hmm. like yeah of of the mobile suits in gundam evolution this feels like the most like keyed into really capturing like the like you know capturing the feel of this type of character um yeah um we should cut shez from three hopes shez is decently fun decently fun not as fun as young input but decently fun i i feel like three hopes is like bigger problem is that like oh because there are so many different roles each character can take it's it's hard for like they do manage to do it like not everyone had like characters do have like an identity when it comes to fighting but like mm-hmm. just from the, how the game is designed it's not quite it's not quite when you play you know age of calamity where every single character really does feel unique and interesting yeah i definitely think it's adherence to the the um Fire Emblem class mechanics actually hurts it, as it did with the original Fire Emblem Warriors in a different way. Yeah, mm. I think Three Hopes is a better game than the than um, absolutely original Warriors, but still, yeah, yeah. Tell me why Athena's here? Because she was a character I had fun with. <laughs> yeah, but she hasn't changed in thirty years. <laughs> it's true. I mean, that's like the thing with like with maybe the exception of Omega Rule. That's like a lot of the characters in. KOF 15. Yeah. What, Jen? Oh, for a second I got confused by the name of the category because I was like, wait, Athena's here and is the same. Then why is Biken and Testament on here? Because they have fundamentally changed. Also, we have accounted for this before of if it's a new, interesting iteration of the same character, um, they can stay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That is that is established. Um, however, I do think we should cut Biken. Bridget and Sin. I agree. Because Biken is way more fun in Rev 2. Uh, like, the Tether thing is interesting, but it also opens up some, like, really goofy possibilities where Potemkin has a TOD with Biken while she's in the Tether state. It's bizarre. Um, You're going to cut Brisket, though? Brid- Brisket's great visual design and a great character. She's not that interesting to play. I think she is... They have managed to find a way who, like... Bridget's, like, newfound, like, popularity, the way that they have designed her in Strive means that people who are who have never really played a Ge- Guilty Gear game can play Bridget and have fun with her. Like, she's fun. I think that's cool, but in Plus R, you could put the yo-yo in nine different locations. It was fucked up. Um, but yeah, like, she, she is more appropriate in, like, just, you know, in other other places but yeah bridget can go sin kisuke is basically just sin for rev 2 um but they slightly changed his like you know hungry mechanic you know because he's still mm-hmm. a growing boy and also he fucking took a slot from l felt and he can go to hell for that go to hell felt well uh, trust me once once he once she shows up she'll fucking show him it's gonna be the worst marriage of his goddamn life god god they still need to uh, re-add the vampire boy too. Slayer? Uh, Slayer? Yeah. yeah. I, I I would I you can't call that man a boy. <laughs> yeah, that's a man. Also, I think it would be really funny if they gave Slayer's move set to his wife. That'd be an extremely funny <laughs> Like, no, do the thing like the intro that he has, like for fucking <laughs> um, reverse it? Yeah, from like plus R and Rap 2, where she drinks his blood <laughs> and she has his exact same move list. But anyway. The winner, like, of, like, the Strive Testament. Hands fucking down. 
to to communicate how much testament like rocks in strive i very i i as established before in this exact same podcast like i have a type when it comes to fighting game characters it's your rush down heavy your mix-up type characters i love that i love just getting in your face and you know just really going to town testament as designed while Yes, simplified from their appearance in plus R, I think the simplification actually works for Testament in that, oh, here's a character that is a set play character that I actually find really fun to play. Um, You have, like, Testament's, like, whole thing is, like, it's a very simple, like, kind of two-step plan that they enact, but getting there is surprisingly more complicated, where... Like, how you get the opponent into a stained state or leaving out, like, when they do their projectile move, it leaves, like, a little heart of, like, the succubi that um, they hang out with um, and leaves it on the field. And you can then send the bird in the funniest named move, which sounds like a joke, Unholy Diver, um, send the bird to that location. And it's all about, like getting distance and harassing the opponent from afar while having some options up close. But Testament is just like really fucking fun. Also, their animations are absolutely spectacular. Um, their crouching dust move, like I, I can look it up real quick, but it's the one where they like <laughs> raise the dress and then just like sweep with the leg is maybe not the best framework frame advantage or like just frame like data wise but it is the funniest look like it just looks great <laughs> like testament like as like a character like is really fun to play and also the redesign is just an incredible yeah like i i moved away from playing geo the the like rushdown character of strive to main testament <laughs> anyway <laughs> i'm gonna save further arguments on the matter till we're down to a shorter list sure um i hmm. <laughs> um i think we should cut the splatoon ones i think it's nice to have them on here but i don't think they're interesting enough mm-hmm. sure i mostly wanted to put them on there to shout them out like i think uh, Tri Stringer introduces like an interesting wrinkle to um, how you go about like fighting in that game. But the thing about like Splatoon weapons is that how do they synergize with the sub weapons? And some combinations are better than others. Um, I think it's just very good that they have like now they have a windshield wiper blade. That's just funny to me. <laughs> it is good. Um, I think I should probably, I should cut one of the two GBO2 ones. Um, I'm going to make the case for both and y'all can decide and maybe we cut both, you know, that's quite we'll possible. Well, we're but, in the stage of like picking the best of the groups. Out, right. Yeah. So, um, the show's from Gallus, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a minor machine that shows up in a fight in the, uh, Unicorn Gundam OVA. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Gundam Battle Operation 2 is a Gundam game that tries to more emulate the feeling of not being one of the main characters, right? These machines are big, are heavy, are slow. Um, I think the game has gotten like a little more extra over time because it's a live service game and they keep releasing fancier and fancier machines. But the spirit of, of Gundam Battle Operation 2 is and has always been a Zaku in a gym staring at each other from behind cover, like, like juking a little bit as they dump with machine guns. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the Shazram Gallus is a big boy with boxing gloves. They put little Mac in the game. Hell yeah. Um, so they had to give him verniers for this, which technically he doesn't actually have in the show. Uh, I'm going to post an image of this boy. Um, in the show, all he has are these boxing glove spiked shields and a grappling hook. 
and he just like pulls towards people and punches them in the middle of a battlefield where people are using, you know, like fucking colony destroying lasers. Um, he's a goddamn hero. And that's what he does here too, because he just rushes you and then he just does like a 10 hit boxing combo and kills you. That's really funny. Like absolutely the living embodiment of that one drill tweet of like, if I being sniped on the battlefield, I will go and punch them <laughs> or whatever. Because snipers are not specialized in close range combat. It's true. It's true. Um, yeah. And it's, it's safer to do this now because a couple of months ago it was like, yeah. And he's way too good at it. No one, please stop play praying for my mobile suit. Right. He's, he's broken out of the strong. hospital. <laughs> um, they've nerfed him a bit and now he's sort of down to earth. And so I feel comfortable having him on this list and not being like, but actually he's too broken. Mm-hmm. Um, He's still just, you see a good Shuzrum on the field and you're just like, damn, I was playing uh, Titania and I was, I was fighting alongside a Shuzrum and I was like, I was like, the happiest in the world to be their sidekick for a match. It's like, yes, please <laughs> just lead the way. The Shazrum um, just out here, just going like, stand back, citizen. <laughs> just <laughs> punching people. Uh, that's good stuff. Tell us about the three RX zeros, though. So, so the RX zeros, of course, are the Unicorn Gundams. There is the main machine, the Unicorn Gundam itself. There is the Banshee and there is the Phoenix. Um, these three are the main machines of Unicorn Gundam and Gundam Narrative. Um, this is the year they were added, right? This is the year that the game bumped up. They have sort of ratings for power, right? Mm-hmm. The lowest is like 100 cost, and now the highest is 700. This year was the introduction of 700 cost. Um let me see if I can get a picture of all three. So is this, like, I select the three RX, like, dash zeros, and I have three little guys running around, or? No, all three of them were added as separate units, and I kind of just wanted to group them together for the purposes oh, of this. okay. Um, so, <sighs> we're getting into some dumb unicorn lore stuff, right? Oh, I am here for so. it, though. You're familiar with the concept of a psycho frame, right? Which uh-huh. for, for listeners who haven't perhaps watched Zeta Gundam and, you know, Char's counterattack, it's the idea of you build this robot, but a layer of the frame of the mobile suit is made out of a material that resonates with psychic powers and makes it more responsive and powerful, right? Mm. Um, these have that, but they also have a system called NTD which stands for new type destroyer because unicorn's real stupid but basically these machines react to the presence of a new type and try to murder them by getting stronger mm. the way this works mechanically in the game is that after you have taken like if you take i think it's like 10% of your max hp and damage mm-hmm. you get the option to turn on ntd this changes all of your weapons well not i guess there's like one or two that doesn't change but it changes almost all of your weapons to different versions of themselves like awakened versions of themselves i shouldn't use that term because i'm gonna use it again in a minute Uh, activated versions of themselves where usually they're slower but stronger and then also it does stuff like makes it temporarily impossible for an enemy to use funnels because you're hijacking the air um And then if you last long enough, while it's doing this, it's constantly draining your health. Okay. If you survive long enough while in NTD, you can hit Awaken, where you sort of reach a a, a state of peace with your NTD, and it no longer drains your health. Um, So it becomes this risk-reward game of, like, intentionally getting in the fray to take some damage, backing off and turning into a support, like a long-range support, and then Awakening and going back in. This gets more interesting with the Phoenix, which, when it goes into its awakening state, does the game's first heal. It does an AoE heal to your team, and there's no such thing as a heal in this game. Ha. Huh. Mm. So, I I am kind of torn on this. I think it's really interesting to just say, like, no, at this point, 
the nature of the combat of this game changes. Once you get up to 700, we're operating on a different scale where you can, like, deactivate other people's weapons temporarily. You can buff your team. You can heal your team. You can change what you're suit as good at two or three times in a match. Um, and I find them very... F I, I only have the Fenix. Um, it's very fun to play. Um... But I, I guess the here's the question: Do you find it particularly interesting to fight against? Not really, because like I mean, I, I mean, I know this feels like a like this is something that I've brought up with a few of the characters on this list is that like and I like sometimes it's not just about how fun is it to play this character because it mm -hmm. can be a lot of fun to be this super overpowered thing. But it should also, in some ways, I feel like the when it comes to like our multiplayer examples, the exemplary examples are also ones that make the game more interesting for the other characters to interact with. Yeah, and for the sound of things, you you get pretty hyped whenever you're on a a team with a shoes room. Yeah, and I think like fighting one is scary, but like feels like you know there's a risk reward there. If I'm at a distance, they can't do shit. Um, they have to close it. Um, I think like right now, the way the game is, hopefully it, it, it addresses this, but right now it's like, imagine if you will, that you're playing rock, paper, scissors, but the options are rock, scissors, or nothing. Most things are nothing. They're not playing the game at all, right? Some units have funnels and bits which are little like basically drones that fly around and attack for you mm. and they're scissors and then the unicorns the three rx zeros are rock because they temporarily turn off your ability to use those weapons and there's no downside to them and there's no counter to that and it's just like oh if you're playing a quebly and a and a unicorn shows up you're just like great i guess i get to die now right um, I think it's, I think it's not fully implemented well. Yeah. Um, so I guess I would cut it for that. I think, I think for that, like you want to like, sure. It's fun to introduce a really overpowered character. In fact, I think this is going to like segue really nicely into a big, big <laughs> or it should be our next discussion. Um, but if it's not interesting to play against, like, I think that is a demerit on the part of the like character. Because, like, it sounds like, again, with the Shezrim, is like, it's, like, really fun to be on a team with one. It's fun to play as. It's fun to fight against. Because it offers, like, a different type of challenge. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's what, like, a really good character in this category can do. Which is introduce a way for you to interact with the game in either a new, novel, or just, like, just fun way. I, yeah, I think counterplay is part of a good move list. Which brings us to Lab Coat 21. It is <laughs> buck fucking wild that in 2022 we are talking about new characters for Dragon Ball Fighters. I will just say uh, that. Please take away the plural on that. Please remove that S. Thank you, ma'am. Sorry about that. <laughs> and, and, the new and the new character is just them taking a model that already existed in the cutscenes and stuff and just putting it in there which is funny which of course was work but you know yeah it's still work and they had the you know they they brought the voice actors back to record some more lines but man for a while uh every team was running lab 21 because it felt like they just dropped like for the if you play any marvel 3 it feels like the last character they introduced was just virgil <laughs> Yeah. Deadly Queen yeah. has no weaknesses. <laughs> <laughs> and they have nerfed her and she has it's not that she has weaknesses now like cuz that's that's the thing that I think like keeps they nerfed her and that could save her because she has interesting elements to her. Uh-huh. But they didn't give any counterplay. They just made her weaker and so she's just good now. She's not overpowering. But they didn't change the fact that, like, her broken elements, like the command throw, it's like, okay, there are things that the command throw can't do anymore, but there's fundamentally no downside to the move still. Right. And no way to really beat it. You just have to not get hit. Mm. Like, Which, uh, that's the classic, like, if you're complaining about something in fighting games and someone says, just don't get hit, 
they are probably trolling you or they are just a piece of shit. <laughs> right. It would be one thing if they introduced like lab codes ability like the ba- the big sticking point like with lab code 21 was that she had this ability to just completely like do a permanent 21% debuff to another character. Mm-hmm. Um of all their damage done. Right. It would be one thing if they introduced a thing like okay this debuff goes away once she's knocked out, which, which I think they added, or or do a thing of like, oh, maybe if you find a way, if you find like a few seconds to charge your key, you know, to like get rid of it, that could have been an interesting counterplay, right? Where, yeah. you know, it, it would also fit like, you know, kind of narratively within Dragon Ball, like, oh, they find some hidden reserve of power to break through or something like that. But as it stood for a while... If you weren't running Lab Code 21, you were just choosing not to win in tournament. And that's annoying. Um, because, like, in the, the frustrating part with her was that she did have some, like, cool ideas. Like, I really like I mean, some, like, fun moves just in general. Like, it is pretty cool when she does that stomp and then combos into it. Like, that could be fun, like, visually. It just, like felt that when lab code 21 was dropped everyone was like please nerf this character and she's now down to being okay like, i mean she's still quite good yeah she's still top tier she's just not god tier yeah like um, i i did like i i think like i i took like i found like a tournament that ran while she was still like in that like really buffed up state and she like was in basically every team in top eight. Like, yeah, which is like At not combo breaker. She was in, she was in the teams of 70% of players in top 48. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. That's, that's un, that's unheard of. And it's not like, you know, like Marvel 3, which, like, at a certain point embraced the chaos of Virgil, and even Virgil had some counterplay, but, you know, at a certain point, it was like, oh no, she is just the answer to the question. And that's not very fun. Right. Yeah. Um, so, cutting her. Yep. Um, What's up, Jen? Should we should we tackle Omega Rugal? Because it feels like that's the one character here that hasn't been talked about at all. Yeah, I think we should. Uh, Prohibo Jugar con Rugal, baby. <laughs> it is. Uh, <laughs> I love that. It is very funny that like, they added Rugal again. Um, I mean, you you messed around, I think, more with Rugal than I did. Six. Although, He's on my team now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he has fun stuff. Um, he is, again, very funny socially because, like, for the longest time at... <laughs> At like at like arcades, if you played Rugal, you were just no fun. This this is it's such a meme that um this is twenty twenty one that this happened, but on Gamers Day, the president of Mexico was like, "Hey, shout outs to the gamers, but don't fucking play Rugal." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and now Rugal is not the broken character he was, right? He's he's good, but he's not like OP. And that's the great success, is that they take everything that made this design so iconic and intimidating and just, like, fun. This is a dude who has a super where he grabs you by the stomach and slams you into two different walls and then there's an explosion of a skull. This is a dude who has an upward slash called Genocide Cutter. This dude is going off. And that they managed to keep all of that style, flair, and fun and yet make him balanced is a fucking achievement absolutely like it was the thing was like we did that uh fun like stream uh last year where uh, <laughs> we called it prohibited, you know prohibited yeah. rugal and it it was fun that like he is he does have all this style and flair and it's just really fun to play but you're right he's balanced now he is like they like nerfed him just enough that oh suddenly like he's interesting to fight against too like 
that part of the reason why I even had an Athena to list was like, oh, she has like interesting counterplay options against him. And it's like now characters can actually do something while still being intimidated by fucking Omega Rugal. <laughs> because he Jen, if you haven't seen him, uh picture incoming, look at this lad. Oh yeah, I've seen him before. <laughs> he's <laughs> he, very fun. He's very fun. He is like, I think, canonically like the strongest dude in the KOF universe or something. Like he's up it's, there with yeah. East Howard. Like in CVS two, his his intro is him. You walk in and he is a holding Akuma by the neck and he throws him aside like trash and is like, All right, let's do this. Is he also the one that is carving a statue of himself if you're playing against Guile? Or something? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. God. Ome- like, Omega Rugal is just a very funny character to add. Like, it's a big... In, in a kind of fun way that KOF 15 has just been, like... Like, an absolute dream game. Because they are bringing back, like, a ton of fan-favorite characters with a lot of like just really good stuff and every time i think about it i think why the fuck am i not playing more kof 15 <laughs> it's so good it yeah. is an astounding achievement of it i game. should play some more with y'all sometime yeah um so okay who who do we like omega rugal obviously like okay one that's... it's time it's it's time for me to go in kyrie what I think you like the idea of playing Testament more than playing Testament. But I if that's not true, okay. But I think a lot of this is just that you think Testament's cool as shit, and you play it despite it not totally clicking with you. Except the thing is, like, Testament is clicking with me. Okay. Like, so, granted, Testament is, like, simplified for, like, the Strive engine. Like, you know, most all these mm-hmm. characters have this like simplification that we complained about last year and for good reason. Like Guilty Gear is notorious for being a very complicated game and the way they've like in some ways tried to streamline these characters just kind of feels like a disservice to what like Guilty Gear as a game has been going for. But I think the things that they do with Testament are really fun and interesting and also in ways that are kind of fun to like think about and easy to grasp but harder to master like for example um one of testament's main moves is in which like they slide the scythe onto the ground and launch either an anti-air like skull or a grounded skull but you can change its properties by like how long you hold the button and uh, you can like you know do things like where you can bait your opponent into the air by doing a lot of ground skulls and then just like the animation looks the same to like start up um the either ground or anti-air version but then you can switch to the anti-air version and then that also lets you set up the succubi that either lets you set up a teleport point which allows you to then open up your opponent or use it as a way to launch unholy diver to set up a stain state like I think Testament really works as like a way to understand, not just understand set play characters, but also why they're fun to play because by not having like a invincible reverse, like meterless reversal to work with, which I tend to work with a lot. Like it forces me to think about the game differently and also just like, Oh, it's just really fun to condition my opponent into going in in the air and then punishing them for that. Like, I I think Testament's tool set just is really fun to mess with and just, like I said, easy to understand, but also, like, allows a lot of depth and mastery. All right, I think we cut Shazram. Okay. Really? Over Dozel Zaku? Uh, Dozel Zaku's the next cut. Okay. (laughs) They both go. Yeah. Um, maybe if Dozel was in a game that I thought was better, we would see more of what that move list had to show. Right. But as is, you know. Um, I think Omega Rugal and Testament are top three. Absolutely. Um, I think our question here is the Count of Monte Cristo or Inquisitor. 
Jen, you have as as you as you knew you would be. You've been quite quiet. Do you have a feeling between these two? Um, I think it's notable that uh, Edmund got you interested in playing Melty Blood again, Six, because uh... oh, he didn't actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> I played I played it once to try out the new characters. I haven't been back. Okay. I... Um, I get. I guess the. I guess my question then is. What do you like less, uh, DNF Duel or Melty Blood? I mean, Melty Blood, DNF. I get to make decisions. <laughs> yeah, here's here's the thing. These are kind of like Edmund Dantes and like Inquisitor were kind of like my pushes in some ways. Like I think Edmund Dantes is fun to play in the context of Melty Blood, and still just a fun character to mess with, just in general. And I have a I have a more favorable opinion of Type Lumina, um, as like than six. Then I do, yeah. yeah, yeah. But also, I think about how I I just think like this is a weird example, but I think about like we were playing like Type Lumina at Magfest in our room. And I was just thought, man, like we just had a bunch of like just drunk people playing fighting games. Like, imagine if we had DNF Duel. I think Inquisitor represents the best that DNF Duel has to offer, which is yeah. an extremely flashy, cool character with like a great design, with an interesting move set that is like relatively easy to kind of latch on to. Like jump summon the giant fire wheel to like, you know, set up for like a block or a mix-up, right? And man, it's just so fun to do Inquisitor's grab. Where she like grabs the opponent and then slashes you like eight times or something, like yeah, she's just like mo- like she's not just hitting you with the axe; she is moving you around with the axe. It is so okay. cool <laughs> setting okay. up the holy water and then like also doing the oil splash and then making it set on fire. Like, there's a reason why I think Inquisitor was the first character they really showed off for DNF Duel because she has just such a strong presence in that game okay i think we have our top three then i think we do and i think our winner is omega rugel i might i really like testament but i think rugel just barely i I don't want to use shortcut cheap logic right Mm -hmm. but like did we do a stream about how fun testament was <laughs> i mean fair but also i think like we were also memeing a bit with the omega rugel a little bit but also that's so. like kind of the fun of like omega rugel is that omega mm-hmm. rugel has like the interesting counterplay has like it just this like so much history attached to it like i think you know testament certainly has a history but mostly just like with testament is sort of like the 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 character you hate playing against in arcade and then also the character you hate to play against because when they added rollback testament testament's moves specifically fucked up the rollback um (laughs) and i love testament's like new design and like the direction they took with their character but i think there's another category in which we'll be able to talk about that i think in terms of synthesis of fun to play um is just like has this like you know social value to add to the game like i think omega rugel does take it because like it's just really fun to grab a dude and just slam him you know and the giant skull like (laughs) explodes from the ground but i i don't think like testament is certainly no slouch um in terms of just like just being really fun to play and also just has a really fun like aesthetic attached and inquisitor like when inquisitor is popping off in dnf is like oh so much fun shit is happening in that game um yeah i mean like this could this could change by the time we record some other categories but as it stands right now best move list is the longest list of nominees and testament and inquisitor made it to top three. Oh yeah oh yeah like and i I'm happy about that, but like Omega Rugal is just such a character that grabs your attention and is just so fun to mess with. Yeah. Uh, Genocide upper. God. <laughs> what a fucking uh, asshole. I love him. 
our our winner for best move list is Omega Rugal from King of Fighters 15 with runners up Inquisitor from DNF Duel and Testament from Guilty Gear Strive. Not a lot of new fighting games coming out in 2022. Uh, seems like we're set for even fewer in 2023. You know what? We said that. Cool things get hyped about. We also know? said that last year. <laughs> Street Fighter yeah, I mean, Six, like, baby. What? You Street know? Fighter Six. Oh yeah. Yeah, and you know, like I think we don't need new fighting games for best move list to have champions, right? Mm -hmm. a, a lot of these are characters that were added to games that were already out. So. Yeah, and I'm glad that we were able to shout out like characters from non-fighting games as well. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I I really want to check out like Shezrum, like when that GBO <laughs> like thing starts happening on PC. That that sounds like fun. You, Kyrie, you play Shuzrum, you play Red Rider, and you've got your, like, just, like... Best of both worlds. You've here. got your Leroy Jenkins special ready. <laughs> Incredible. But yeah. I, I'm also just personally glad I was we were able to get a DNF dual character in top three. Some very cool move lists. Yep. We'll see about Spectre when she comes out. Um... um but I think that's it for, for this award category. We will be back with more. Um, and until we are, folks, thanks for joining us and peace out. See ya. Later. Later.